What it do, what it do, what it do, what it do. Once again, it's your boy B to the LA, double K, A, Blacker. And I'm here on this glorious Tuesday morning here in Lynchburg City. It's kind of cold out there. I'm hoping it'll warm up some because my car is dirty as hell and I need to wash it. But aside from how I'm doing, uh, I was going to jump directly in it. So Fox News hosts shuts down uh, a strategist who points out Trump has cheated on all his wives. So basically, uh, this lady was on uh, Fox News and she was actually, actually she was asked about the whole Rush Limbaugh being homophobic towards uh, Pete Buttigieg. You know, he's an openly gay man who's running for president. And uh, she was speaking about that, and she had spoke at the fact that Rush Limbaugh had been married like three times, three or four times or whatever. So who is he to speak upon somebody being married, whether they are married to a woman or same sex? So the uh, the analyst, she started to go in and started to talk about how Trump was married three times and cheated on all three of his wives. And uh, the the the, the uh, anchor from Fox News decided to tell uh, the other lady they're 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 using her name Tervlov, if I'm correct, the one that spoke on Trump. Any any anyways, the anchor from Fox News told the lady, uh, "We're not going to get into anyone's personal relationships." And I'm like, like isn't this the whole? point of this discussion right here you guys started off discussing uh rush limbaugh and how he's homophobic and spoke upon uh pete Buttigieg's relationship with another man that's personal uh when the when the uh analyst decides to speak about rush limbaugh being married three times wasn't that personal relationship personal the moment she spoke about trump then that's when it became oh no 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 we're not gonna do that that's no 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 well you know it, it's already out there and everybody knows that you know Trump was a playboy throughout the 70s and 80s and 90s and the 2000s and he's gonna continue to be a playboy I mean you can look at Melania Melania's face man and she does she don't know what the fuck she's doing she she don't even carry herself like a first lady most first ladies you always hear about them. They're 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 uh, doing charity work and they are doing a lot of other things. You know, Michelle Obama was just as busy as Barack. You know, and 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 not just that. I mean, we can't forget Hillary Clinton when she was the first lady and how much work she had did while Bill was in office. We can't forget. Uh, I'll even take you back further to. Uh, the first Bush and his wife Barbara. Barbara did a lot of work, whether it was charity or other things. Uh, let's go back even further to Nancy Reagan, uh, Jackie O. So that you know, the average first lady, uh, just you know, she she creates a world of her own when she's the first lady, and she starts doing all types of things, you know. Uh, I know, to help out, you know, and this chick here, Melania, I mean, nobody knows what she does. She never says anything. 
when she's being interviewed, she sounds like she just just got to the United States. English is super choppy, and you know, she has it. I don't. I think her biggest downfall. With no thinking, it her biggest downfall is when uh, she plagiarized Michelle Obama's whole speech, and she got called out on it. And then her husband, uh, Mr. Orange Crush, tried to clean it up, make it look good. But by then, the damage was already done. And I don't think the world or the United States actually take her or look her look at her as the first lady of the United States, man. And, you know, I just think she's stuck right now between a, between a rock and a hard spot. I think, she, me personally, I think she really wants to divorce Donald, but now it's not a good time, especially with him being in office. Um, she probably was pushing for impeachment so she could get rid of the motherfucker. <laughs> you know, but I don't see their marriage lasting too much longer after whether it's he does one term or two terms. If he happens to do two terms, it's going to be very interesting to see if Melania can keep her patience. Because, I'm, like I'm saying, I'm just on the outside looking in. But she never has any really soft facial expressions or soft body language when she's around him. Uh, we've all seen the video to where he has, she has slapped his hand back several times when he's tried to hold her hand and shit. And, uh... You know, those are telltale signs that things aren't going good in the marriage. Anytime your wife doesn't want to hold your hand or your girlfriend doesn't want to hold your hand, it's normally because she's pissed off at you about something. I, you know, take it from me, I know. <laughs> and uh, the Price is Right is uh, going to halt productions for a week after Drew Carey's ex-fiance was murdered. Now, Dr. Amy Hardwick, which is uh, the victim's name, was murdered over the weekend after an ex-boyfriend of hers allegedly attacked her and caused her to fall uh, three from a three-story balcony in Hollywood Hills. Uh, the alleged ex-boyfriend slash murderer, if you want to call it that, uh, name is Garrett Pursehouse. And he was booked for murder, uh, I guess, this past weekend. Now, Amy and Drew had dated uh, between 2017 and 2018. They actually got engaged in the early part of 2018. And by the time the year had ended, they're splitting with their separate ways. Now, I can understand, you know, to a certain degree here, like it's, 20, it's 2020 now, so... You know, I was thinking to myself, I'm like, damn, okay, that's his ex-girlfriend. Somebody else was dating her. Why do you feel the need to take time off from work for a whole week? And then, you know, when you love somebody, you love somebody, whether you were with them for 20 years or two years, you know. But then I'm thinking to myself, well, I mean, if he still, you know, if the family still consider him part of the family and... You know, he loved her deeply, then what the hell caused him to split first and foremost? You know, if it was me, I can't honestly sit here and say that I would have taken off a week 
you know, being that she was she was in another relationship, although, uh, you know, apparently the guy that she was in a relationship with is the murder suspect. But uh, yeah, that's just me, man. If 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 I was, you know, in a relationship with somebody for a year and a half or two years or something like that, and I found out that they were murdered, you know, I'll be deeply saddened by it. But especially especially if they was with somebody else, I'll be deeply saddened by it. But I can't honestly say I would take off a whole week of work. You know, I'll I'll show up at the funeral. You know what I'm saying, or the wake or something like that. But, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't stay in contact with exes anyway, so, you know, that's just me being me, I guess. But aside from that, the Daytona 500 uh, NASCAR season opened up this weekend, and of course they always have their biggest race. It's the first race of the season, and Denny Hamlet won it for the third time, but that's not what people are talking about. What people are talking about is the horrific accident that Ryan Newman had. And I played DraftKings, man. And I played uh, NASCAR over this weekend. And I had, I only won two bucks. I played a dollar ticket. And I only won two two bucks off it. But um, I had Denny Hamlin and Ryan Newman on that one ticket. And uh, I saw the accident, folks. And, man, the way he slammed up against that wall... And then his car flipped over, and in the process of the car being flipped over and skidding on the track, another car hit Ryan Newman's car, and his car finished the uh, his car actually crosses the finish line upside down on fire, you know, and uh, he had to be rushed to the hospital. And I just want to say that NASCAR has come a long ways since the death of uh, Dale Earnhardt because his crash to the naked eye just didn't seem that horrific. But due to internal bleeding and things of that nature, it, you know, it killed him. And uh, people I've, I've, I've been to a NASCAR event, the actual the actual first event I've went to. My stepfather took me to a NHRA uh, competition, man, and I, I fell in love with that and NASCAR. And that's something that a lot of people don't know about me is that I, 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 I love NASCAR. I love watching it. And everybody says, man, how can you sit there and just watch cars go in a circle, go in a circle, go in a circle? I said strategic. I said you have to have a damn good pit crew. You have to be a damn good driver, and you have to have you have to have a damn good spotter, you know, and you have to have teammates that are up under the common cause of winning a championship, you know, for that team. So you know, uh, my heart goes out to Ryan Newman. He's always been one of my favorites. Um, my favorite driver was always Tony Stewart. Like that guy was he was Dale Earnhardt Jr. He's what Dale Earnhardt Jr. should have been because you would think with the father being called the intimidator, Dale Earnhardt Jr. was just not an intimidating driver. 
you know, he was more of a respectable driver than anything. But man, that Tony Stewart, my gosh, man, you put that, you put that guy behind a wheel of anything, and he's going to, he's yeah, he he, he was that dude, man. And uh, now I like, uh, I said, quite a few guys out there, you know. Um, you have Jamie McMurray. Of course, you have the old guys like uh, Jimmy Johnson. You know, um, Cal Harvick is still a real good race, race car driver. Uh, man, you have Eric Amarola. Uh, Juan Montoya is still driving, if I'm correct. Uh, man, the list goes on and on. And, uh, you know, a lot of times the people, they're, they're, they're at these events not only to see their favorite driver win or compete really hard, but a lot of the people are there are there in hopes, if I'm saying it correctly, in hopes of an accident. You know, is you know, that's that's basically the enjoyment part that I get out of it. Now I don't want to see anybody have to be airlifted to a hospital or anything like that. You know, I've seen some horrific crashes and accidents, and you know, the guys walk away without a scratch. You know, so, you know, NASCAR has done really good in the sense of uh, making the sport safe as possible. I think it's one of the safest sports out there for the drivers as well as the fans. We have seen uh, tires come off of cars, you know, and hit people. So the the gates that they have around a lot of these racetracks now stops a lot of the debris from injuring uh, spectators. So I just want to say once again, uh, my heart goes out to Ryan Newman and the Ryan Newman family. Wish you nothing but the best, man. Get well soon. Now, I know everybody has heard about this uh, airplane situation where the lady reclined her seat back and uh, the guy behind her got pissed off. So he started to punch her seat. (laughs) And the reason why I'm laughing, man, is because, you know, I've, I've, I've flown a bunch in my life especially between the years of 2014 to 2016 this is when I did a lot of flying and uh, those those airlines man I swear they, they, they the seats the seats are small the spacing between you and the person in front of you is super super close and I think that at one point in time as far as the big airlines or the 747s or 757s, I'm not sure which one it is, but they were like 35 inches apart from the next seat in front of you, and they have shrunk it down to like 31 inches. Now, you know, I've, I've like I said, I've been on a plane several times, and I've never been in a situation where someone was punching the back of my seat or kicking it or anything like that. Um... I can't get comfortable on a plane anyway. That's crazy because as many times as I've flown, I am still super duper nervous when it comes to getting on an airplane. So I never like really go to sleep or get up and go to the bathroom, you know, or even recline my chair. You know what I'm saying? I just sit there and I don't do a lot of praying. I just keep my eyes closed and I hold on very tight to the armrest. Because, man, it's, it's crazy. Like, the two hardest parts for me is taking off and landing. But not to get away from the uh, the story. So, the lady name is Wendy Williams. 
and she uh, wants to press charges against the guy, assault charges of all things. And I'm saying to myself, like, how can you press assault charges against someone that never laid a hand on you? Now, I get it. You paid to sit in that seat. And I get it. If the chair is, is reclinable, then, you know, recline it. But you know how small the seating areas are in on an airplane. So, you know, it was not, I'm not trying to put it on her, whatever the case may be, because, you know, the guy, I feel like, honestly, I feel like it was wrong for sitting there punching her seat. Um, he could have politely said, ma'am, if you could, you know, uh, push your chair up a little bit, it's on my legs or whatever, you know, whatever, just ask in a nice manner. And, you know, I'm quite sure she probably would have did it. Now, on the flip side of that, she could have easily turned around to the guy behind her and said, I would like to recline my chair back some, you know, if it's okay with you, if it's not asking too much trouble. Um, and he says, yeah, or no, and you know, you got to live with either one of them. But to speak about suing, I mean, I'm sorry, uh, pressing charges against the guy when, you know, he didn't touch you. I, okay, I get it. He was punching the back of your chair. And she made a statement about he had punched my head. He had punched the chair so hard, I felt like I was flying. I'm like, where you were on an airplane, 30 plus thousand feet in the air. So even if he hadn't did that, you, you're, you're still going to feel like you're flying because you actually are. <laughs> so I didn't get that part. But, you know, um, I just hope. This story just go away, disappear to thin air, whatever the case may be, because it's nothing there. Honestly, it is nothing there. He, 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 he didn't touch you. He didn't verbally assault you. But I, I can get it why you're anal about the whole punching of the back seat. And I, like I said earlier, I've never experienced that on an airplane, but on one of my earlier podcasts, as I was speaking about, taking my son to the movies to see uh the uh black panther and the whole time i was sitting in his seat it was this kid behind me i mean man he was just kicking the chair kicking the chair kicking the chair and i was getting super super pissed you know and aside of me wanted to just turn around the same thing i'm saying this lady should have did i i should have did and I should have turned around and politely asked, you know, the parents of the child, hey, possibly you could have your kid not punch the seat, kick the seat or whatever. But I didn't. I just kept getting angry and angry and angry until I finally lashed out. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so that's like the closest thing I've ever come to as far as having uh, somebody like push a chair or punch the chair or whatever the case may be when you're on an airplane but uh maybe she'll file charges and they'll stick maybe they won't and I'll stay tuned the more I hear about this story the more I update you guys and the Miami Heat players Kendrick Nunn and Derek Jones Jr these guys have signed multi-year contracts with the shoe company Puma that's right Puma has NBA players now. And I was like, damn. I was like, um, I didn't even know Puma made basketball shoes. You know what I mean? But uh, they have, they have 
Puma has made a comeback, like a serious comeback, honestly, especially when he had uh, signed Rihanna. And even though, you know, her shoes are basically made for females, I think those shoes are hot, especially the ones that had the big shoestrings in them. Look like real pretty bow ties when you tie them up. But uh, now they have Kendrick Nunn and Derrick Jones Jr. Derrick Jones Jr. is the guy who just won the dunk contest this past weekend. And they also have uh, the rapper from North Carolina named J. Cole. So he signed with Puma as well. And it's crazy because, you know, their entertainment stars are bigger than their basketball stars. You know, most of the basketball players are signing with companies like Nike and Adidas. Uh, you don't even really hear Reebok in the uh, athletic department as far as Nike anymore. I mean, I'm sorry, as far as the NBA anymore. So, but shout out to Puma for, you know, going out there, getting a couple players that are not really well known but at some point in time if they continue to succeed in the nba as they are then you know maybe some big name players is going to want to sign with puma in the distant future and uh aside from that the nba has been on a break they will return thursday with about seven good games and uh, the question that's being asked is, uh, are the Philadelphia 76ers, are they going to basically get their shit together and make a strong push uh, the second half of the season for the playoffs? And honestly, I, I pretty much think that they're not. You know, when that's the thing about a, uh, you know, basketball, you have 82 games, so you can start off shitty and build your way back and make it to the playoffs you can start off real good and the bottom fall out and you know terrible season but the reason why i don't think if something is wrong with joel Embiid, i'm not sure if it's a mental thing or something physical but i do know something is wrong with joel Embiid. he is not that centered that he was like last year you know what I mean? When he was just when he was just blocking shots like crazy and rebounding like crazy and putting up you know a lot of points like crazy. And this guy has had a couple of like zero point games, you know. And I like I said, I don't know if it's due to injury. There's been turmoil inside that team and inside the locker room. And uh, I, I just pretty much think that you know they are who they are. I don't see them passing my Boston Celtics or uh, I don't see them passing the Toronto Raptors. Uh, depending upon who they play in the first round, they could uh, very well be upset, get upset by a team in the first round of the playoffs, man. So, I don't know. I'll, I'll continue to watch that team throughout the season. Um, I've never been a Sixer fan. I've just always had players that I admire from the Sixers, Sixers like AI, uh, Moses Malone, Charles Barkley, guys of that nature. And uh, another team that's in the NBA that's super disappointing this year is the Portland Trailblazers. Now, I had the Portland Trailblazers like top four seeds coming into this season, man. And it was basically based off of the performance that they had last year in the playoffs. Even when they took the uh, Golden State Warriors to like, what, six or seven games, if I'm correct, that series. But uh, Damian Lillard has been balling. C.J. McCulloch has been balling. Hassan Whiteside has been balling. And all three of these guys have been balling throughout the season. 
And I, that's why I guess I can't wrap my head around why they are under 500. And uh, I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that after the three players lane that I just called, they really don't have any firepower outside of that. I mean, Carmelo is Carmelo. Uh, he's, you know, if he give you a 14, 15, 16 point game, you can expect a eight, six and four point games after that. So he's still, you know, he's inconsistent. But this is, you know, the 35-year-old Melo. It's not what he used to be, but he's still serviceable. And I'm glad to see him on the team because a lot of the NBA teams had gave up on him. But he's continued to do his thing out there. And uh, the Milwaukee Bucks, man, I swear they're head and shoulders above the rest of the NBA, especially on the out there in the East where it's not too hard to be head and shoulders above the best and they have the best record in the NBA right now and everybody is looking for them to come out the east for the NBA finals I hope my Celtics got something to say about that and on the west side still got LeBron and the Lakers running things in LA with the Clippers right there behind them it's I don't know man it's something off with the Clippers as well I had them to be uh, an NBA, NBA Finals lock from the West. But here's something about, I don't know, man. It seems like they play when they want to. I know Kawhi played when he wanted to. I don't know what uh, clauses he have in his contract, but this guy does not play back-to-back games. Like, he just don't. And it seems to be perfectly fine with the organization as well. I don't think Doc likes it too much, but... Doc doesn't have the GM power anymore. He's just a head coach. And, you know, head coaches in the NBA are basically lame ducks outside of a few Hall of Famers. So, uh, you know, continue to watch the Clippers. They're a pretty good team. And I think that, you know, it's going to be hell to beat them because they got some dogs on that team, man, when it comes to Patrick Beverly and uh, Marquise Morris. You know, so... You know, they got a bunch of wing defenders. You know, you got Paul George and Kawhi. You know, they're going to lock down the opposing team's best player. So, But this second half of the season, I would like to see Kawhi play a few more back-to-back games just to make sure that they have that chemistry, you know, going into the playoffs, man. Because some teams can turn it on and off like a switch. And some teams think they can turn it on and off. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting to see what uh, the Clippers do from here. And, uh, you know, you got a lot of, to get to the NFL, you got a lot of old quarterbacks now that are like musical chairs, man. Like uh, Phillip Rivers has been, he's been linked to Indianapolis, uh, Miami, Tampa Bay, you know. And it's been reports that the Raiders wants to offer uh, Tom Brady a two-year, $60 million uh, contract, man. All all guaranteed. All $60 million guaranteed. You know what I mean? And it's, it's, it's crazy. To, it, basically, what they're saying in so many words is like, look, uh, Derek Carr, we believe a 43-year-old quarterback <laughs> can get us where we need to be as opposed to a 20-something-year-old quarterback. So, I don't know, man. I, w- I was big on Derek Carr when he first came to the NFL. And, you know, he showed flashes of greatness. 
And I was like, yeah, this guy's going to be better than his brother. And I still haven't given up on him. Sometimes quarterbacks just need a change of scenery. Like Cam Newton, he needs a change of scenery. Um, he needs a he needs to play behind a healthier offensive line. I tell you that. And he needs some true weapons other than the running back Christian McCaffrey. Like you know, a, a, a high caliber quarterback such as Cam Newton, man. You know this guy has never had a All Pro wide receiver. With the exceptions of Steve Smith, and Steve was like on his way out when Cam came into the league. You know, he played with Steve Smith for about a season or two, if I'm correct. And then Steve went to Baltimore and, you know, retired from there. But outside of Steve Smith, I can't think of an all-pro wide receiver that uh, Cam has ever had. So, you know, if he can get to a team, let's say the San Diego Chargers, they got all-pro wide receiver. As a matter of fact, their receiving core is like one of the best receiving cores in the NFL. And if they decide to keep Melvin Gordon or even if they let him go, you got the guy Eckler and the, uh, the second string running back that's just as damn good as uh, uh, Gordon is, man. So if if Carolina decides to part ways with Cam, I truly believe if he was to like go to San Diego, man, he, he you know, he'll be right back in the thick of things. So, uh, we'll, you know, just continue to see what's going on there. The Cowboys, and I'm just going to be 100 with y'all, man. When a organization believes in their quarterback, they don't take them through this. They don't take them through uh, contract negotiations that started last year. Nothing got done. Uh, The season is over. You're still in negotiations. You pretty much know what Dak wants. All right, Dak wants anywhere between 37 and 38 million per year. That puts him in it as far as being paid. It puts him in the top five as far as uh, quarterbacks that that has damn good contracts or whatever. And uh, but he didn't perform to me like a top five quarterback. He performed like a middle tier quarterback. He looked like a top five quarterback the first three weeks of the season. But once they started to play real teams, you know, he he started to look like just an average Joe out there. And uh, he's a damn good leader. He has a chip on his shoulder. He feels like he should have been a first rounder, but he wasn't. So hopefully he'll continue to have that and motivation. The thing is, is that if the Cowboys decide to franchise him for one year, they're going to have to pay him top five money for that one year anyway. So it seems to me, you know, just, you know, if, if he's your franchise quarterback, if he's your quarterback of now, you know, then pay the man the money. But me personally, I don't think Jerry Jones was ever, ever really sold, sold on him because even when Tony Romo was still on the roster, uh, Jerry Jones was like, yeah, Dak's the quarterback, you know, until Tony gets healthy or whatever. And Dak just kept winning, kept winning, kept winning. And so it got to the point to where, you know, when Tony was healthy healthy enough to play, they still didn't put him out there. And uh, well, we all we all know what uh, transpired after that. Tony Romo ends up in the uh, booth for CBS, uh, commentating the NFL, and he's one of the best already. And folks, that is it for my podcast today. Uh, remember. 
You can download to the podcast 99 cents once a month. That's all. 99 cents once a month. Those donations would be greatly appreciated. If I'm inaccurate on any type of information, you can always go to my Facebook page or you can always comment on anchor.fm slash K-L-O-C-K-W-I-Z-E. And it's your boy B to the L-A, double K-A, Blacker. And I want to thank y'all for listening to The Sixth Sense. Until tomorrow, peace, people.